our ears are attentive to your word. We thank you to deposit the truth of your holy word within us this day in Jesus name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the truth about God. Amen. The truth about God. We need to understand that we are witnesses of truth. We are witnesses. Acts 2.32 says, This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. We are all witnesses. So Peter was speaking not just to apostles, but he was speaking to everyone that was within earshot there. The day of Pentecost. And he (coughs) talked about... uh, the revelation that was given of the baptism of the Holy Spirit where the Holy Spirit had fallen on all that were there and he said we are all witnesses of the resurrection of Jesus Christ so the fact that the Holy Spirit has fallen upon you dwells within you and has given you knowledge and understanding of the living Savior Jesus Christ makes you a witness Amen. Because he has given you that knowledge and that understanding. So seeing that we are witnesses of his resurrection, we have to go tell it, don't we? You must tell what you have seen or what you have experienced, what you've seen spiritually, what you have faith in. Your witness must testify. So we have seen and observed things that the world has not seen. And what is seen and observed and witnessed by God is truth. Okay? What you've received from God is truth. Got me? There may be facts that that negate that truth or defy that truth or stand against that truth or oppose that truth or speak against it but only God's word is truth so the truth that we have must be shared through the preaching of the gospel now when we talk about preaching the gospel we're talking about declaring Jesus Christ alive and living hmm? The preaching of the gospel must end up with people understanding that he is alive. Mm-hmm. He's alive. One of the, the uh, downfalls of religion is that because it is man made there is no witness there of the living savior. Mm-hmm. Because what you know on the inside is what comes out in your words. And so many times people who don't have that living revelation of the living Savior on the inside of them will only lead people to religion. They'll only talk to them out of their soul or talk to them out of their experience or something like that. But that is not the witness God is talking about. The witness that we're talking about is the one that understands the truth about Christ. And the truth that God has deposited in us because we have been obedient to the gospel. So that's where that truth comes from. So as man was separated from God, his understanding became darkened. Hmm? His understanding became darkened. And John 1, John gives a wonderful explanation of that. He says in the beginning 1-1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. This Word made all things, as all things were made by Him. So we know the Word is speaking of a living person. Without him nothing was made that was made. So everything that was made in this earth by God was made with his word. Started out on his word. The foundation is his word. And that word had life in it. And that life was also light. So you have the word of God bringing life and light to men. Hmm? Now this light is a different kind of light it shines in the darkness but the darkness cannot overtake the light 
But there are other kinds of light that the darkness can overtake. If you don't pay your light bill they come shut it off and that darkness overtook your lights in your house. (laughs) Just true. Mm -hmm. So all human forms of light or secondary forms of light can be overtaken by darkness. But this light the darkness could not comprehend it. So the word comprehend means to overtake really in a uh, in a living sense in a uh, um, a uh, uh, intellectual sense or a soulish sense. That word comprehension really does mean understanding. So we're still talking about a living light. When you talk about darkness, not being able to understand light. And isn't that true? The Bible says the carnal minds, the enmity of God or enemy of God, can't appraise and understand the things of God and can never comprehend what God's saying. So you won't comprehend that that light until that darkness is penetrated and it's subdued and gives way to the light. They can't stand stand together ever. One separates from the other. God separated day from night. So light is separated from darkness. Okay, one, one ascends and the other one descends. But this light does not descend in the face of darkness. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. And he bare witness of the light that men might believe. And since John all believers have that same mission and same mandate. We are to bear witness to the light of Jesus Christ. And therefore tell the world the truth about God. The truth is known about God through our witness. John 3.19 tells us that men would rather believe in darkness because their deeds are dark Mm -hmm. Jesus said this says in for God so loved the world John 3 16 that he gave his only begotten son he gave up everything he had his future his hopes his everything you know I you know now there's so much reality television and so much stuff on TV and you see people whose only child was murdered or something like that it's tremendous horrendous loss to people to lose uh, somebody and then sometimes if they're murdered it's premature and it's an offense on top of it it's so much pain you know if you could understand that pain hopefully you don't ever have to but you know those things are very 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 serious and very dire to a human being but the Bible says God did this for us out of love. Hmm? So he so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. So that's the truth about God. But that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned. So you believe in God you're not condemned. Now people carry around condemnation because they choose to. Now, we don't really understand it's something we don't have to take around with us. But he that believes not is condemned already. So it's staying in an unbelieving state condemns you. Of course until you believe. You can always change and believe. Amen. And he says because he is not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world. This is why your little uh, so-called spiritual friends don't feel good around you. This is why people and I mean light is just a matter of degrees isn't it. You go to the store. And they sell light bulbs of different what? Wattage, intensity. Hmm? You get one of them 1499 lights, uh, lamps from Kmart, and they tell you, don't put no real highlight bulb in here. This thing blah, blah, blow on you. You don't know what it might do, but you ain't putting it in there. Because that sign says, we can't handle that intense light like that. 
And so there's degrees of light. You have to always take that into consideration. This is, this is why Jesus gives such admonition, warning, and, and encouragement to believers. Because the light that we have inside of us, folks, has to, it is there for the world so that the world can see where to go. They can see the right way. They can see truth. And he says that, that he that believed not is condemned already. Because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation. That light has come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Everyone that habitually does evil hates the light. And doesn't come to the light. Lest his deeds should be reproved. And you know people. It's kind of interesting about people. You'll have people who are not born again. They might come to church one time to visit or uh, like we had a home going service. And, and sometimes people who are, don't come to church regularly will come and, and sit and kind of enjoy things. you know. But when it talks about coming to the light voluntarily. You know, you see very little harvest come out of situations like that. You know, like a funeral or something like that. People might boo-hoo and, and understand that God is there for them momentarily. But they go back to the, the darkness because they habitually sin. They, they like sin as a habit. They haven't really turned away from sin. So they will habitually stay away from the light. Because they their deeds are evil and they like it. What differentiates that person from the, the believer who habitually sins. Is that if the believer continues to come to the light there's hope for him. You see. So this is why we don't find out if people are doing things wrong and banish them from from the church and all this kind of stuff now you will have to make them quit telling everybody what they're doing because there's a greater sin on people if you're in sin and you know it's wrong you you're not getting away with anything you know you just living by the mercy of God instead of by the grace of God Grace will enable you to live for God and quit sinning. Mercy just means you have dropped dead somewhere because he's still working with you. I mean and that's the truth about God. You understand what I'm saying? It's not like he's winking at sin and saying that's okay. I make everybody else live right but you're different. You, you can get away with this. I don't care about that. I just, I just tell them I do. and You know you're special. You're stupid. Mm-hmm. Too much time at the gates of hell listening to a bunch of nonsense that they tell you. Anybody who understands what Jesus went through for them isn't winking at their own sin. You know, you, if you can do that, you can come out of it. You got me? Use your strength to come out of it instead of wallowing in it like you're getting away with something like you're special. You know, you're special all the way to hell messing around with that kind of stuff. Because the Bible says he who is often reproved and hardens his heart will find himself suddenly cut off and that without remedy. Don't tell me a believer can't go to hell. You can quit believing and harden your heart to such a degree. There's no remedy for you. You got me? So let's not play around with stuff like that. No, We should have passed that baby stage the first year we were saved. Remember we thought everything we did wrong would take us back to hell for a while? A good place to be because they'll keep you way away from that line. You see what I'm saying? Playing around with that. So many times we find ourselves in darkness... In, in committing sin but still drawn back to the light. There's hope for you when the light keeps drawing you. When you stop going toward the light you got problems. Okay? You got problems. And so when a, a believer stumbles and still comes to church. Still wants to worship God and still wants to do things. That's a good sign. 
You don't kick people out of church because they're bound and in, in blind in an area and feeling sorry for themselves and whining and carrying on. Come on now. And so we, we have to understand that when a person's heart is still toward God, there is hope for him. That light will eventually bear some fruit for them and you allow them to come. He says everyone that does evil in verse 20 hates the light. Neither comes to the light lest his deed should be reproved. You know I remember in the Baptist church the old mourner's bench. You know the Saturday night bad kids would come and sit on the mourner's bench and won't moan and cry. And they pray them through and they got straight. And, and sometimes they graduated from the mourner's bench. You didn't see them there every Sunday. But if they were there every Sunday they were praying through and trying to get through to God. And get some change on the inside of them so they didn't have to keep goofing their lives up. You know people want to live holy and want to live right for God. Believers do. And so God works with that so they're drawn to the light uh, instead of loving darkness you know there's, there's a difference there's a big difference so truth is light it's always light and the bible says we are the light of the world matthew 5 and verse 15 it tells you that jesus talks about that in a little detail here to give you an understanding of how to treat the light that is within you no, everybody's got to take care of lights. Whenever I find light bulbs on sale, I buy a bunch of them. Because there's a bunch of lights around my house. Some's always going out or you always need something somewhere. Some you use more than others. So some will go out faster. So you got to store up so that you're not walking around in darkness. You know, hate that. I want that light to work. I come in. I'll give me a bulb here. It's kind of like an emergency get me a bulb and uh, so that we can not stumble Matthew 5 and verse 15 verse 13 says you are the salt of the earth but if salt has lost its savor what are we going to use for salt if salt's not salty anymore I mean you are it so there's nothing else God can use to replace us folks if we lose it what's he going to use to salt things with I mean we buy all these salt substitutes but that's all there are they're not salt mm-hmm. you can Mrs. Dash and get her sister involved in that and Miss Sally Mae down the street and add her little two cents but they ain't salt nothing salt except salt he said if you've lost your saltiness you're not good for anything to God he said all we're going to do is throw you and trample you down because you're no use he says you're the light of of the world and it's interesting he says it's nothing good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men you don't stand up and and witness for Christ somebody's going to walk all over you Mm-hmm. Whoever you're bowing to, they will wind up walking all over you. You footprints on your forehead and on your, huh? Verse fourteen, you're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. There's no way to put this light out, folks. There's no way to do it. He says, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And why would God put his life in you if he didn't want it to shine? He says, and it gives light to the whole house. So there's your household salvation right there. Hmm? You give light to your whole house if you let it shine. Hmm? If you don't compromise. You don't want to be too bold to witness for God. You want to speak up and say different things because you don't want to lose your relationship with them. Well I'd rather lose my relationship with man than God. I've done this long enough to know that people come around eventually. They always do. And they come around to God not you to God. It says let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven. In other words they see something in you they knows not you. And you can't take credit for it. As long as they're thinking it's you your light not, is not shining properly. They got to know that's God in you. You got me? They got to know that. 
And a lot of times, you know, it, with children around you, and if you're anointed, you'll notice sometimes they get a little goofy, a little fearful, and that kind of stuff. And you have to explain to them, you know, the, what's God and what's not God, you know, uh, what's what's Gigi and what's what's God, you know, or what's Baba and what's God. So and kids will start to separate the two out and understand that that the light is shining there, and they separate out that, and they know how to glorify God see they're not scared of you or you know your spooky aunt or something like that but they know that that's God and that that glorify God well God does that for us when we let our light shine properly people who know you know it's God they know it's real they know all of that stuff you don't have to constantly try to prove yourself to people but they know they can glorify God through what you do they'll see your good works they'll see how you spend your time how you spend your money how all of that that kind of comes together in your life they see it consistent and they see it's pure they see they can't talk you out of it or or shame you out of it or anything put that they try to put a drape over the light you know and every time they try to put one over you push it back off again and the light shines even more so really <clears throat> truth is light and it's it's good that we understand that when we start to talk the truth about God then that light shines you don't let a conversation go where somebody's trying to say something about God that's not valid you know you pipe up with your your bit to put in there and that light begins to shine in and they can understand truth the conversation I think eventually will turn to the point where they will come to you and begin to ask you about the truth or ask you about the God that you serve they don't have so many opinions anymore why because that light has caused that darkness to bow down to it now and that darkness is not able to overtake it again and tell another story or refute it or argue or something like that. That darkness has come into its proper place in relationship to the light. And that's a good place to be. Because that's a place where they are respectful of truth and they're open to hear more truth. You'll see sometimes people in your workplace will start to rely on you to, if they got questions about the Bible, so and so, you ask her because she knows that Bible, you know, or she knows this or she knows that. Or they'll, you got a lot of Nicodemuses in your atmosphere. They'll come and find you in the bathroom when nobody's around and then they want to ask you a question that they've been dying to know something about. So that light should always be there so that it shines even in the darkness. So when man's, man is more disposed to believe a lie than the truth when he's not born again. When that light does not fill him he's more disposed to believe a lie than the truth. Because it connects with the iniquity that is within him. So in other words a lie makes sense to a person who's either carnal or not born again. Because it connects with something inside. Their carnal mind. It reasons. Some kind of reasoning comes in. And they can believe a lie more quickly than they believe the truth. So because truth is light. And we are the light of the world. We're commanded to let that light shine. Or we're not worth much to the Lord. Letting your light shine means that God can trust you more. To help determine the eternal destiny of a person toward heaven. So you have to remember that there's a lot at stake with you obeying this commandment. Because there's so many lies that are perpetrated about God. And he has put his people here to demonstrate the truth. To preach the truth. So that he can confirm it with signs following. And to be light and salt in the earth. Salt really means that we give life its value, worth and meaning Salt gives life its value, worth, and meaning. Just like it gives food 
value. It will prolong the life of food. Worth means you know you'll be able to, to enjoy it more. All of those things. So even though we may look like we're the putting a damper on the party so to speak. There's somebody there that's hungry for that word. There's somebody there that they may not show it and you may have to take it by faith. But you must believe that somebody is hungry for that word. That truth has made a difference to them already. Just hearing it has made a difference to them. When we witness to people or speak to them, the truth that we give them is appropriate for their situation. It must be. It's got to be appropriate for their situation. Many times we, we, and I find this true sometimes with believers, you ever see ministries that just want to capitalize on one thing all the time and put their focus on one aspect of the gospel? And uh, and I think that's wrong because Jesus taught and preached the kingdom and what that meant. He demonstrated it in many aspects of it because the kingdom came first to make people whole, which you know really means and destroy the works of the devil in their lives. So if there were if there was a need for physical healing that definitely was taken care of, but that wasn't all that was was given. See there's there's got to be more than that um given to people, you know, just 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 like you wouldn't just feed people all the time and get them to think that food comes out of nowhere you must have them know that it comes from a holy god who loves you and has provided this for you and he wants you back to come and live with you've got to preach the gospel these things have to be open doors for further truth other than that you just make a person a one dimensional give them a one dimensional understanding of God God becomes some kind of flat God who can get you healed but boy I sure would like a friend right about now or I've never been able to keep a relationship going how do I get that started etc etc and so we must must operate in the full gospel whereas many people think if you if you demonstrate in power that is the full gospel but if you leave out the repentance and salvation aspect of it. In fact, that's what was always preached first. John always preached repentance first. And then he would demonstrate the kingdom. You got me? And then Jesus came in signs and wonders, and John's ministry ended when the fullness came and took over. So we're now in the fullness, but that pattern should be continued. We should not present just benefits that that alleviate suffering only but there's got to be a changed life because that's what drives people to God is that you know you can maybe live with a little bit of pain I mean people do it all the time and serve God but you've got to know that that your soul's healed you got to feel good on the inside about yourself every day you've got to feel peace with God that all those things have to be taken care of in the preaching of the gospel so we can't just stop with the signs and wonders we can't just present the goodie bag and not tell people truth you've got to you've got to tell them the truth you've got to tell them even if you're praying for the sick that Jesus is the only healer you can't get healing from any place else and he owns healing because he paid for this with his blood he died for your sins he died for you to be healed this this healing that you're getting supernaturally was very costly See, and so these things bring truth into the earth so that it can't be refuted because it, and as much of an opportunity as we have to impart truth, we need to do it, and we need to do these things. You know, you'll say things like, well, you know, we serve a good God, you know, as you're praying for people. Don't you love the Lord? I mean, Jesus did that. He's so good, isn't he? You know, that kind of stuff. If you can impart that to people, that they understand the goodness of God and God's 
not mad at him anymore <laughs> you know that kind of thing he's we made peace with God we made peace with God you know people that have questions about uh, you know well you can you can serve worship anybody you want to no you can't you know you can't you're not worshiping a god you're worshiping thin air because this this god isn't alive i mean he can't what can he do for you you know well you know this is the way we've been taught well that's the wrong way jesus is the only way to god the father that kind of stuff and i think if we have truth in us and we're confident in that truth then we won't mind sharing it with people but we are here to reveal the truth about God to teach the truth about God and to remove these lies about God because we get tons of people who believe their God is ordering them to kill people and and that he's an angry God and he's got to be appeased by their works it's a problem and the Christian must present a true picture of who God really is. See, we've got to bring truth to this because in in news people aren't going to do it, folks. We're the salt. We're the light. They're just going to try and appease the the appeasers. See, all they're doing is trying to get a bunch of angry people who believe they're right because their fictitious God have told them that. And they're trying to get them from being angry. Well, that's not. Where's the truth? Where's the light? Where's where's enlightenment come in there? So there's no place made for that in that type of a an argument. That's why many times they don't want Christians in places of power. They want to keep that light away from people. You know, and, and really as believers, we need to be asking God to let light stay in our White House. And let light be in our Congress. And let light be in our, our uh, uh, you know, Supreme Court and all the court system all the way down the line. God put as much light there as you can. Because these people need to be enlightened. If they're dealing with our ambassadors and all these people around the world, then they need to, we need to have people sit across the table from who have this light in, in them and can let that light shine. Because the darkness won't be able to overtake it. See, we try to fight the devil on his terms.